Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is the Art PD Podcast, where we tell the real truth about the fake shit. Hi, everybody. I'm Amber, and today my fabulous and gorgeous co-host is Kendra Mark. She is the Director of Product Development at Tenacious Labs, who is really on the forefront of CBD, CBD research, um, maybe some research into some other things that we'll talk about a little bit later on, um, and is the parent company of Press Pause, whose founder, Don, we spoke to last week. I've got some of their products here. So if you tuned in last week, you heard all about that um, Press Pause and how uh, it really helped the founder with her, how CBD has really helped the founder with her generalized anxiety disorder. But today, Kendra is going to really take us through a lot of the science. I want to welcome you to the show, Kendra. Thank you very much, Amber. It's a pleasure to be here. I am so excited to have you here because I love sort of getting into more of the technical aspects of, you know, ingredients. And I have to say CBD is one of those things that um, really sort of came into, um, you know, it, it, it seems like it came into the modern beauty industry, wellness industry, only a handful of years ago. And since then it has exploded. Um, but from what I talk to, you know, brand founders, um, people seem to think it's kind of a little bit like the wild west. So I'm hoping today you can kind of give us some uh, insight into CBD, um, some of the other cannabinoids um, that we might not be as familiar with, because it seems to me like you've really been on the forefront of this CBD boom, correct? Yeah, I've been in the industry since 2016, which is a long time for this space. And it is the Wild West, and it still is the Wild West. There's lots to be done in terms of regulatory action and testing, as well as just understanding the molecule more on the science level. And I have been fortunate enough to be a part of the growth of this industry, but I'm super interested in continuing to grow with it and further understanding um, CBD and other cannabinoids and how they can help and benefit the body and honestly how they might even possibly harm the body. I'm just a realist and want to make sure that whatever it is that we are producing as a company is truly beneficial to those that we market to. And um, I'm, I'm just thoroughly enjoying being a part of this very young industry. It, it is a fairly young industry. Um, as you mentioned, um, you know, for people, uh, can you give us, you know, I, I feel like a lot of us have heard the term CBD. Um, I thought it was cannabinoid. Is it not, you say cannabinoid? Am I pronouncing it wrong? I think you can probably say it either way. <laughs> okay. Just make it, just make it listen. You know, I want to make sure that we're spreading the correctness here um, yeah. and that I'm not steering people in a wrong way, but no, um, okay. It's interchangeable. Whew. Uh, so for, for people who might not be super, super familiar, can you give us a really quick overview of what CBD is and, and how it works in the body? 
Yeah, totally. So CBD is also known as cannabidiol. It is one of over 160 different cannabinoids found in the hemp and cannabis plant, which is actually the same species. So a cannabis plant, as we refer to it, is predominantly strong in THC, which is the cannabinoid that everybody knows will get you high. And then CBD is more predominant in the hemp plant. And while it's the same species, they were kind of separated and, and bred apart from each other because uh, hemp has been bred to be quite sturdy, larger um, stalks, larger stems to be used for building materials, clothing, um, hemp seed oil, and various commodities that we've used for hundreds of thousands of years. And only in the last probably couple of decades, I would imagine, we've really started to harness the medicine and, and the ability to understand other cannabinoids besides just THC, and one of those being CBD. So CBD is a molecule that is very anti-inflammatory in the body. We have something called the human endocannabinoid system that has receptor sites in the brain and the body. And basically the cannabinoids, including CBD, will sort of dock into these receptor sites and help change your body's landscape in terms of the inflammatory response. There's other things that CBD and the other cannabinoids are great for, and we can get into that later in this podcast, but that's primarily in a nutshell, the way that CBD works and functions in the body. And it does the same for animals as well. So, you know, you mentioned um, that there are, you know, multiple different types of uh, cannabinoids. Um, you know, what, what is it about CBD, as far as it's been marketed to us, um, that is sort of makes this sort of a, a, you know, a panacea, if you will, like this one size fits most, um, you know, how can one molecule help with um, inf inflammation, help with, um, uh, you know, anxiety, with stress? How is that even possible? Yeah, I think this is a tricky question because it seems like our industry has marketed CBD kind of like Windex. Okay. <laughs> and it's good for a lot of stuff. And it's not that that's wrong. It can be good for a lot of things for certain people. For example, we've talked about CBD being good for sleep. Um, it can be, it, and but it's really not directly good for sleep. It's directly good for kind of down-regulating the central nervous system and bringing people out of the sympathetic nervous system where it's the fight or flight state. Um, and also, oddly, and we don't really know why, sometimes people will be energized by CBD. So if you give somebody a quote unquote sleep CBD tincture and they're that sort of unlucky person who's energized by it, they won't go to sleep from it. It'll do the opposite effect. 
And, you know, you can trace that back to almost any type of molecule. You look at caffeine and some people can handle tremendous amounts of caffeine. Other people can't handle it at all. Right. Um, and so I do think that CBD has a wide range of effects, positive effects. I think a lot of it has to do with inflammatory markers. So much of the disease that we see and the issues that we see are a result of systemic inflammation. And so I think that when you start to take things like curcumin from turmeric or CBD or various other natural components that really help to sort of squelch the inflammatory load in the body, you start to see pretty incredible results. I know that, you know, I, I'm going to sort of take a little bit of a detour here. Have you heard of this term inflammaging? Yes. Okay. That was like a new, uh, a relatively new one for me where a lot of these beauty companies are now saying that um, aging and the process of aging, you know, it, at its core is a, res uh, a result of different inflam, sorry, I can't speak today, inflammatory effects happening within the body. Um, you know, I know that there hasn't been a ton of research yet into CBD and beauty. Is there anything that you've heard or, or what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I agree. I think that we have really drastically overcomplicated the body. I mean, the body is a complex system, but when you, when you really break it down, like I said, so much of our ailments are a result of, of, you know, abuse that we inflict on our bodies over time, whether that's extreme sports and just repeatedly getting injured and repeatedly having inflammation from those injuries, whether it's eating toxic foods or inflammatory foods that just make your gut continuously inflamed, whether it's stress that actually causes inflammation in the brain and the body. There's so much to be said about like simplifying what's really going on and what we're doing to our bodies and our minds as a result of how we choose to live our life, that that directly correlates to, you know, aging more quickly than somebody who might choose to live off grid in nature and gets their feet in the soil every day and grows their own food with extreme nutrient dense quality in it, doesn't have a lot of screen time where they're getting bombarded by blue light. And doesn't have a lot of noise in their life, isn't drinking alcohol constantly, isn't wiping chemical products all over their body. All of those things make a difference and they add up over long periods of time. It's not just immediate. And so I think we forget that, you know, getting Botox because we want to look younger is a good thing. It, everybody, you know, I, I can't speak for everybody. That's not true, but there's, there's a certain level of toxic load in Botox that we have to pay attention to. And it's like a catch 22. Do I, do I inject myself with this stuff and it's going to make me feel more confident, which might be helpful, or do I really, you know, mitigate the risk of this? And so, um, wait a minute, I'm going to stop you there because you just, you just, my mind is kind of blown really quickly. Are, are you like, what are your thoughts, um, you know, as somebody in the scientific community on Botox? Yay or nay? Um, so it's tricky. I have done Botox in the past. Um, I will admit I like not having, you know, 
wrinkles come on my forehead when I look surprised or (laughs) the lines in between your eyebrows as a blue eyed person that's squinting in the sun or what have you. But I have read lots of, you know, emerging research showing that it is, it is a toxin and we don't have enough long-term research to know exactly what it's going to do down the line. And so I've chosen to stop doing it at this time. I can't say I, I don't know if I will start again or, or not, but I'm just really working on removing these factors from my life that do cause inflammation and do cause stress and do cause, um, you know, the body to be taxed in certain ways. So I can't really say how, okay. That I'm exactly pro or against. I did stop doing it for now. (laughs) Fair. Um, Yeah. So I mean, absolutely fair. Uh, for the record, I'm going next week. Um, but no, but you know what? Like, it's like anything else. You know, a, a lot of this has to be. Um, it, it's a very personal decision. Um, you know, and taking all factors in to consideration. Um, you know, going back to, and I love that you said it. It's like if not having the wrinkles is going to elevate your mood so much, well, then you know you've got to factor that decision in. Um, but but good to be aware of some of these, um, you know, the negative effects of things too. Um, you know, when it comes to CBD, earlier on in the conversation, you mentioned that you know we need to be aware of the benefits, but also some of of the harmful things. Now, I have to be honest. In all of my CBD conversations, nobody has said the word harmful in CBD in the same sentence. Um, so I, I'm 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 curious. Like, what are some of the things? you know, in that light that we need to be aware of? I don't know, to be honest. Okay. I, I just say that with everything because I don't want to be that person who has a CBD brand or is a part of a CBD company that um, just shamelessly pumps out products to whoever, whenever. I'm very interested in grounded research and understanding what like really what is CBD good for? Not just CBD is the Windex of all, you know, all health supplements. And how do we really ground ourselves in this industry rather than sort of being a laughing stock, which we have in some ways of people just put CBD in everything and charge a premium for it and think that that's all they need to do. I want to provide some, some, some data and some validity to um what what it's what's really happening so that's all my point was i don't i don't have a negative comment about cbd other than you know there is the reality that some people get energized by it whereas some people get relaxed and you just don't know until you try it got it okay you know it's interesting you're talking about cbd and and i keep thinking of like collagen Right. Collagen is one of these things that has been marketed as this, um, you know, beauty cure all. Um, But the reality is, is when it breaks down into your body, your body isn't saying, oh, I'm going to directly put this into your face. It is breaking it down like a protein. And if your joints need it, it's going to go to your joints. So it's like not exactly um, harmful or negative, but there's not this one to one sort of cause effect. If you're taking collagen, it's not going to boost 
necessarily the, the skin here. Um, it, it's going to be absorbed by the body. And it sounds like CBD um, maybe is sort of similar that it's going to help your body where your body is needing it. Is that kind of correct? Yeah. I mean, it ha- it definitely has the potential to do that. And I think one of the, one of the sad aspects of all of this is that we've become a society that is so results oriented and mm-hmm. so impatient, you know, we're so used to ordering a movie on the TV now and getting Instacart to deliver our groceries. And we get frustrated if the coffee barista takes five minutes to make our coffee and we can apply that to anything in life. And, you know, I think that the, the true value of taking CBD comes from consistent use over time. It's not an ingredient that you just immediately expect to feel something. And that's one of the sad aspects of this product or this, this compound is a lot of people will treat CBD like it's aspirin or like it's THC. For example, you, you take THC and within, you know, depending on the type and form factor of the product, within 20 minutes to an hour and a half, you, you feel something if you've taken enough, this isn't exactly the case with that. There are acute situations where you can take, you know, a a significant amount of CBD and it will help, you know, stop pain, for example. But when people take it consistently for at least six weeks, I would say that's when you really start to notice Oh, okay, I'm getting out of bed and my joints don't hurt so much. Or um, I'm noticing that I'm adapting much more efficiently to stressors in my life. Or I'm walking onto this, you know, train and some guy is like yelling in the back. And normally I would be totally freaked out and try to get away from him or have a comment about it. And you you kind of just don't care. And so there's um, sort of this you should like, still you should still in this day and age get away from that guy. <laughs> Take it from a New Yorker. But yes. but gotcha, gotcha. It, it, yeah. it's gonna help bring you down a little bit. Yeah, it kind of my experience of it is it just really starts to downregulate um your fight or flight aspect of your nervous system, the sympathetic nervous system, and also the inflammatory response. And that's really what I stick with. I'm not out there talking about CBD for this, CBD for that. Oh yeah, you need CBD. I don't really know. I don't know the body. And that's what's so, you know, brilliant to me is, is every human is different and how they respond to natural ingredients, synthetic ingredients, what have you is, is totally different. You know, I, you mentioned before with, um, and I'm going to relate this now to Botox, right? That now there is some, because Botox has been around now for 20 years. Um, you know, so it seemed like one of these things that there aren't these long-term effects, but you're saying that maybe there's some emerging research that maybe there are, um, you know, with CBD, have there been any long-term studies on the effects on the body if you are continuously taking it? You know, to be honest, I'm not sure. Um, I do know just based off of being in the industry this long that we really don't even have enough time of having CBD in the marketplace to do that type of research. I know it's happening. I know that in Israel and Germany, 
Um, even in the US, a lot of um, universities are doing a lot of emerging research and a lot of it is based off of this sort of notion that CBD is good for everything and everyone. And so I'm just super eager to see what starts to surface because we just don't have enough time. I mean, the Botox is older than CBD, right? right. So, and we, we are just starting to see some information come out about that barely. Um, Botox has been around for a really long time. And so I'm just that paranoid person that wants to know like, Hey, yeah, this sounds great right now. I'm going to get rid of my wrinkles and look five years younger or, or whatever, but what is it going to do to me in 30 years? I don't really know, but I want to know. <laughs> right. Well, and I guess, you know, it makes the same point. I and mean, this is why I love having people like yourselves on here. Um, you know, it, it, the same thing, I guess, could be said about CBD. It's funny, Don and I were talking um, in the episode last week that, and I've heard this from friends, you don't necessarily feel something with CBD where most people have noticed the effect that CBD had on their life was when they stopped. And I've heard that so many times from, from friends who've used CBD. Well, I didn't really necessarily know if I felt anything, but when I stopped, I sure did. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, you know, listen, new industry, relatively new, you know, in its infancy. Um, but I wonder, and, and I hope we won't see any sort of adverse effects of long-term CBD use and then stopping, but too soon to tell, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I would be absolutely shocked if there was right yeah <laughs> comes from the hemp plant and yeah. my personal opinion is that you know nature is so brilliant in its ability to just like magically produce these plants that have such tremendous healing properties yeah i can't imagine that this is going to become any level of a toxic ingredient sure. any, any period in time you know, I do think that it's important to give your body a break with whatever you do. I mean, I take a whole slew of supplements and I just find that in listening to my body, it'll naturally like every couple of months, I just slowly start to lean into this knowing that it's time to take a break from taking so much stuff because, you know, everything has to get passed through your liver and your kidneys and all this. And they're working so hard all the time anyway, to create balance and homeostasis in your body. And then on top of that, you're just piling on pharmaceuticals or, or su even supplements that are totally natural and supposedly helpful. There's, there's debate about that out there too, but it's just, it feels like the right thing to do to, to kind of pause for a week or two weeks or so and just kind of let your body reset definitely when you're when if you're somebody that consumes thc you absolutely notice that if you stop consuming thc regularly it'll kind of like reset your tolerance in certain aspects and so that's like facetime value of recognizing the importance of doing that you know, on that on that point, because um, you mentioned and also Dawn mentioned last week that the, the benefits of CBD are really best noticed when you take it consistently. Yeah. Um, and, and now you're saying, but every once in a while, you want to give yourself a break. So for for people out there who are like, well, what what's what's the formula? Do you, and I know, again, everybody's different, but do you have like some general guidelines of maybe how, you know, if we're newbies and we want to start incorporating CBD, 
how long should we do it? And then when do we take a break? Is there any information you can kind of share or guidelines? Yeah, I'm going to sound a little bit esoteric with this, but it might be intriguing. I do think that with ingredients like CBD, it's such an invitation to start to tune into your body and what you feel your body needs, because that's going to determine how successful you are with experiencing the benefits of CBD. So you can look at a label and the label might say, take, you know, this dropper full, it has 30 milligrams of CBD in it. And you do it for a month or so, and you don't feel anything. There's a couple of reasons why you might not be feeling anything. One, you might be so sort of clogged up and numb to your own innate wisdom of your body and what your body is doing and experiencing that you, that you just don't know Two, it might be that you need more actually, or, you know, you just might not have given it enough time or you're just not in tune with what's going on in the body. And to your point, a lot of people say, I don't notice anything until I've stopped. That's an indicator that there's like an opportunity to be more in tune with yourself. So I like to talk about it in that way first. Um, I do think if, if I was going to sort of be like pinned to the wall and do this, the way that I would start would be a good starting dose for most people. Obviously, if you're like six foot five and weigh, you know, 250 pounds, you're going to need to titrate up. But starting with 15 to 30 milligrams of CBD twice a day, ideally, or once in some instances is a good starting point. You definitely want to take it consistently for at least four to six weeks. Check in with yourself. Notice what you're noticing. Some people like to do a little diary and write down like, you know, oh, I feel a little bit less stressed out today or, or what have you. And, and then you can titrate up or down as needed. And then in terms of the break, it's like, you can, you can easily go, you know, I don't know, (laughs) three to six months, no problem. And maybe you take two days off. Maybe you take you know, it's, it's really a process of like learning about what you feel your body is asking for. There's no sort of like science to this. It's not like detoxing from alcohol where you have to go into a facility and they give you, you know, all these drugs to counteract the horrible side effects of withdrawals. It's not going to happen here. So it's a lot more of a gentle experience. But for you personally, and this is a personal, you'll maybe take one or two days off, not like six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. You, you a couple of days. Yeah. A couple of days is totally fine. But maybe as like, and I know I hate to put you on, uh, like, I'm not pinning you to the wall. We're we're not expecting you to give us medical advice. Right. And as a disclaimer, neither of us are doctors, but, but you have more experience in this field than pretty much anybody listening, I, I feel like I can safe to say. So you would suggest, you know, start 15 to 30 milligrams once or twice a day, give yourself at least six weeks. Yeah. See how you feel, but chart how you feel along the way. And then, you know, maybe after what, like a couple months, give yourself a break for a day or two. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. I like that. Listen, 
giving us a roadmap for those yes. of you who are type A like me and we need to follow a plan. Yes. Um, you know, we, we've been talking about CBD in general, um, and I know that you work with a lab, um, Tenacious Labs. Um, you know, how, how important is it to make sure that we're getting a quality CBD ingredient? And how can we even know that we're getting a quality CBD ingredient? That's a really good question. It's a popular question, and it's much easier to answer for people on my side of the industry than the consumer. Um, one benefit of this space is that the consumer is becoming more and more savvy. They're starting to understand that there's different types of CBD extracts in terms of, um, you know, well, I'll just explain it really quickly. Yeah, so give it to us. There's a crude extract, which is basically the sort of like sludge that comes right out of the machine, the extraction machine. And it contains all of the omega fatty acids, the flavonoids, the terpenes, the essential oils, the all of the cannabinoids present, just basically all of the plant constituents. And then after that, you can pass that extract through the extraction machine again, and you come up with something called a distillate. I'm, this is like sort of 10,000 foot level. There's lots of steps in between, but sure. for the sake of this podcast, I'll keep it simple. So a distillate is going to pull out a lot of those like fatty acids and waxes and things. There will still be some in there. There's still some terpenes. And then you can either keep all of the cannabinoids and have a full spectrum distillate, or you can remove the THC which a lot of companies will choose to do that to be super compliant, make sure there's never any issues whatsoever with customers with that. Um, and then the, the last stage is an isolate, which is basically like a pharmaceutical product at that point where everything is stripped out except for the molecule of CBD. Um, it's a white powder at that point. And that's probably the easiest thing to um, create formulas with because you it, it's it's just simple it's like 99.9 you know percent cbd so you don't have to worry about the smell or anything else from the other extracts there's a lot of talk about something called the entourage effect mm -hmm. the entourage effect has been a buzz term you know for years in the space and people kind of turn their nose up to cbd isolate because of it the entourage effect is when you have the medicinal effect of the terpenes and all cannabinoids present in an extract. It's kind of like the concept of why mess with nature? And I definitely agree with that. I, I do use and incorporate all of the extracts in the product development that I do because some products are just much more challenging to work with, with anything other than an isolate. Um, and so, but there is validity and truth to incorporating the other cannabinoids like CBN, CBC, CBG. You know, we can go into some of the benefits of these later on, um, as well as THC, like for example, a sleep product. I would much prefer to put a full spectrum distillate product or extract into that product because it's going to have small amounts of THC and CBN, which are both really good cannabinoids 
proven to help with sleep. There's also terpenes in there like linalool and myrcene that are more sedative types of terpenes, which are also going to be really effective for sleep rather than just putting in CBD isolate. So it's, it's, it sounds a little bit more complex than it is, but. Well, I, you, you, I'm kind of thinking like olive oil, right? Like you've got your olive oil, you've got your extra virgin olive oil. One is good to cook with, one isn't, one is better for flavors, one is, is not. Um, but it seems to me like it's like, okay, it's very purest form. You can extract just pure CBD. Yeah. But from what you're telling me, um, and, and from what I've heard from other people, that that entourage effect of, of including some of, you know, not having the purest form of it, it can actually be more beneficial because it's what, you know, nature intended it to be. Nature yeah. builds up this magical plant, um, medic I don't want to say magical, medicinal plant and healing plant with all of these other goodies inside um, that really help one another to give us a desired effect. Is that kind of yeah, absolutely. Correct. Yeah. Um, you know, you had mentioned when, when I first met you, you mentioned terpenes and um, I, I'd never actually heard that term before. Um, so what is a terpene? Um, what does it do? So terpenes are basically sort of super concentrated components of an essential oil. So okay. I think we probably all know what essential oils are. They're the oil extracted out of certain parts of various plants. And they usually smell quite lovely. Some of them don't, <laughs> um, but we all know of like lavender and jasmine and rose, all of those smell really, really nice. We typically associate essential oils with aromatherapy and something that smells nice. We put it into a candle. We maybe rub it on our stomach or put it into a diffuser. Um, they're actually quite powerful. They're quite medicinal. So the terpenes are found within essential oils, basically. Um, again, this is sort of like generalized high level information and they are even more potent. And so you need tiny, tiny, tiny amounts of them to have an effect. And um, when you the best way to describe it is when you go into a dispensary, for example, and you're looking for some, uh, some weed, some like flower to, to inhale smoke, whatever. Um, and you walk up to the bud tender and you say, I want something that's going to help me relax, or I want something that's going to put me to sleep, or I want something that's going to, you know, make my appetite increase because I'm a cancer patient. Ninety. 90 plus percent of the cause and effect of that specific type of cannabis flower is because of the terpenes. The way that one cannabis strain smells different than the other is because of the terpenes. And so they provide a strong effect. Like I said, if you want an indica strain, that's like this gets funny, but granddaddy perp strain is for sleep. That strain has a ton of myrcene and linalool in it. And those are both sedative terpenes. If you want a strain that's a sativa, that's good for creativity and energy and, you know, cleaning your house, that strain is likely going to have a ton of limonene in it, which is a terpene that is energizing. 
Um, it's also found in citrus peels. So terpenes are not just seclusive to um, cannabis plants. They're found in all plants. So <laughs> I love that you're saying this right now. So New York, you know, we've legalized marijuana. Um, you still can't, you could always buy it, but you can st- there's still no dispensaries here yet. I, and I love when you're like, when you go into a, uh, a dispensary, I've personally never been into a dispensary. So I'm really <laughs> interested to see what that experience is. And I love that you're breaking down the science because, you know, through the years I've had friends who've been like, this'll, this'll make you giggle or this make you, and to be honest, like for me, um, I've just kind of like, like pot's just not for me. I just feel like all pot makes me go to sleep, but maybe, but mm-hmm. maybe I've just haven't been having the right stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a really interesting thing when I'm listening to you about the science here, because I always used to think that people were just like BSing, um, yeah. but clearly they're not clearly no, there are certain strains that are going to have different effects on. Absolutely. And it's fascinating. And, and we've learned so much with growing cannabis and how to use genetics to increase the purpose and benefit of a specific strain. And so, you know, I'm not crazy about cannabis myself. I it's um, it's just not my favorite substance Right. But it can be super, super healing and beneficial in specific instances. And if nothing else, it's just fun to walk into a dispensary and ask them the people questions. Oh, I mean, I'm going to love doing that just like I'm speaking to you. And I do want to thank you, by the way, because I know that you are really sort of giving us in lay terms and it's really clear that you um, know this stuff inside and out. So I, I, I do want to thank you for 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 giving us this information and for taking your time and, you know, sort of making this information a little bit more digestible to the masses. Um, um, you know, uh, so we've talked about, um, this idea of sort of like a full spectrum CBD, something that you seem to really like, um, that different products and different types of CBD, if you will, can have different effects on it. Um, you know, what do you think are some of the challenges that you're going to have in the space in general? You know, we already do face challenges. I think one of the challenges that I spoke about earlier is we've kind of been labeled as this sort of like snake oil salesman industry. (laughs) And it's really sad because even having been in this space, you know, I'm going, I will be going on nine years, which is a real, like I could call myself a veteran, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm still learning how to, how to take CBD. I mean, that sounds probably crazy to you, but I'm still dialing it in and I'm still like blown away by some of the power of it. Um, Just to be transparent. I, a couple of years ago, I had for an example, I had a a breast reduction surgery and I can't handle any of the pain pills that they prescribe you after these surgeries. They just, you know, yeah, not good. And so I just started experimenting with CBD and I took like crazy high doses of it. I was taking like 200 milligrams a day and, and I, it would take the pain away. It would completely take the pain away. And so 
that's why I'm just like, people will say it doesn't, yeah, I tried it. It didn't work for me. I'm like, wait a minute, what did you actually do and try? And how willing were you to figure out what works for you? Because I had no idea that I would have needed 200 milligrams of CBD to avoid, you know, the feeling of my chest ripping off of my body when I would move. Um, but it, but I did. And, and so it's just, it's fascinating. And so coming back to your question, the challenges are that we were still in our infantile stage of understanding this stuff. I think that the cannabis plant, the, the species, it's the species is called cannabis L sativa. And you can literally split that off into a hemp plant or a cannabis plant or whatever. Um, I think we still don't really understand it as much as we need to. And we're understanding it a whole lot more. Like we're finding out that CBG, the cannabinoid, another cannabinoid that's much less available in the plant is amazing for skin rejuvenation and digestion. We're finding out that CBN is really helpful for um, sleep and it's mildly psychoactive, but nowhere near as psychoactive as THC. So we have a long way to go. And the fact that one plant has over 160 different cannabinoids and probably more that we haven't figured out yet is like mind blowing. (laughs) I mean, I have to tell you, I, so I too, like you said, it's not my substance of choice, but I am so pro legalizing it because I have seen actual marijuana change people's lives. People who have been sick, who, who couldn't deal with medicines. Um, I've seen things like ayahuasca be life-changing. Um, I know there's a lot of research into psilocybin right now, um, which I I would love to just, you know, I want to be mindful of your time before we let you go. Um, are, you know, Tenacious Labs, are you guys kind of looking there? There's a lot of murmur in the industry about companies who are really now starting to um, talk about psilocybin, um, yes. which is, you know, magic mushrooms, if you will. Um, yeah. but, but what are you hearing in this space? Because I've heard, yeah, what are you hearing in the space? Psilocybin is my like love. (laughs) Um, I am extremely eager to continue to participate in research and development on the product side of things with psilocybin. I've personally experienced tremendous growth within myself, within my career, within just creative approaches and even logical approaches to my career and my life relationships, interpersonal relationships, romantic relationships as a result of um, honestly ingesting psilocybin in a really reverent way. Um, Microdosing psilocybin is also something that's being largely talked about right now and has been recently. Um, it's, It's a different, a totally different type of compound. And I believe in both. I, I think that CBD and THC and other cannabinoids are super healing and powerful for various reasons. And I think the same with psilocybin. Um, you know, a week or so ago, you had uh, um, Elon Musk on Twitter talking about his belief that psychedelics are sort of the way of our future for 
mitigating trauma and anxiety and depression and relationship issues and things of that nature. And I wholeheartedly degree, agree. I said degree because I have a degree in somatic psychology and I have colleagues in, in this, you know, in this psych psychiatric space that are starting to turn towards things like ketamine and psilocybin and MDMA and really standing up against this whole like, you know, war on drugs situation that happened so long ago and, and really reforming it because these molecules very quickly help you to see yourself. They very quickly move your attention inward and get you to really realize what's going on without the buffer of your mind or your ego getting in the way and saying, no, I can't go there, or I don't want to talk about that or whatever. So you can end up in therapy for your whole life, kind of looping around. Right. And when you do these substances in a reverent therapeutic way with a facilitator who is trained, you have the ability to just like plow through so much so quickly right and so i'm a huge proponent of it um to circle back to your question about the involvement that we have at tenacious labs you know it's definitely on the radar it's definitely of interest with our upper management uh, myself included as a very medicinal approach to entering the marketplace and rather than being something for like social use and subsequently social abuse. So we're being incredibly careful with it. There's no, um, there's, there's no research being done or, or really anything internally at this time, other than just watching the market and being part of the conversations on a government or parliament level as our right. company is based in the UK. But um, as soon as regulatory action is, you know, happening and uh, it, it, you know, it becomes legal for us to start studying it internally, we will be doing that. Interesting. You know what? I'm, and, and I'm sorry for putting I hope I didn't put you on the spot, but you're right. I, as I was saying this, I'm like, you know, I know that in um, certain places it's decriminalized, but I guess it's not legalized anywhere. But I know that, you know, especially here in New York City, I mean, everybody from soccer moms to Fortune 500 owners is microdosing. Um, yeah. I, I've tried it before. Uh, I believe in the power of this. It's funny when you say the war on drugs. It's like we started this war on drugs, but yet we pushed every other pharmaceutical. Yes. <laughs> and maybe we should consider the war on pharmaceuticals um, and allow some of these sort of therapeutic plants to to help the way you know nature intended them. Um, and, you know, I, I, I want to be mindful, like I said, of your time, but I want to thank you so much. And please promise me um, if, you know, if and when we can have the conversations about things like psilocybin, ketamine, um, MDMA, um, which unfortunately have become associated, like you said, with, with recreational use and abuse, but actually have some real therapeutic benefits to them. Um, I hope that you'll come back on because you are so be brilliant. I would love to. That would be fantastic. Thank you for having me. I want to thank you so, so much. You know, Kendra, I know that you were involved in, um, you know, the creation of uh, a lot of these press pause projects. If you go on um, Tenacious Labs, which is tenacious-labs.com. 
yeah. website, you can see some of the other brands. I know that you had a brand yourself that you sold, um, a, a CBD brand. Uh, if people want to know more about this, um, where do you, where, where would they go? That's a great question. We have, aside from our website, which is kind of basic, um, we're very active on LinkedIn with Tenacious Labs. That's a great place to start. Uh, and then the Press Pause brand has all types of articles and research and information on their website. Um, but in general, there's lots of different really great resources online for understanding more about CBD and THC. Wonderful. I want to thank you so much. And of course, if you at home have any questions that you want me to pass along to Kendra, the team at Tenacious Labs, I'm always happy to do that. You know, if, if you want a little bit of a buffer, it's cool. Um, you can write to me at hello at artbeautypodcast.com. You can, .com. you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and right here on YouTube at artbeautypodcast. And as always, we will see you next Tuesday, maybe just like a little calmer and chiller. Yeah. Awesome. Thank Bye. you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.